I pick one. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And although you can't see him on microphone, Biscuit is here with us also. Oh, oh he oh, heard his name. He you, heard his name. You woke him up. <laughs> what are you thinking? Now he's going to come oh, over here. Oh, now he's going to come over here. Yeah, Biscuit, you're okay, buddy. Um a lot of the time when we're recording biscuit is right here with us usually he's he's just sitting off over on the floor laid down just like okay i'm here with everybody so <laughs> no no licking now now yeah i know i said his name no he's, licking he's like no but you have a free hand you're supposed to be loving on me no so. i have I have a phone in one hand and coffee in the other dog there you go all right biscuit so anyways uh we are back with another episode of the podcast uh this episode we are going to be talking you know Actually, before we say it, I, I want to say this before we actually get into the episode. Oh, On this episode, no. we're here to believe you. So it's <laughs> we're going to be talking about the 1984 comedy, yes. <laughs> kind of comedy, comedy yes. supernatural thriller, thriller Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters. I mean, you said, you know, at the the top of this year that... Cats and dogs! <laughs> yeah, oh, believe me, I'm going to have plenty of drops to go in here. I already, <laughs> ha- I already had them, so... Um, I used to use them on our radio show, so I already had them in the... Yeah. I already have them in the bank. Um, we had said back at the first of the year when we went up and came back after the holidays that we were going to be covering... Some stuff from 1984 as well as some other years because, you know, we're in anniversary years and everything. Yeah. And it's, God, it's hard to believe it's been 40 years. It'll be 40 years in June uh, that Ghostbusters was released. Ugh. Was it June or July? I, July feels it's the, like. It's the same. It was the same. It was released on the same day as Gremlins, which we already covered yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. And Weren't those uh, both like 4th of July? I don't think they were. Hold on. Hold Blockbuster on. movies. And I don't I remember. Find it here. Give me a break. I'm 50. Yeah, me and you both. No, not that Ghostbusters. There we go. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, I haven't even bothered with that one. So. No comment. Uh, the, 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 it was released, yeah, June 8th, 1984. And, um, yeah, it's it's that that is hard to believe it has been 40 years because it seems like just yesterday. So that was another one of those yeah. that I went with my mom to go see and it just being 10 years old and seeing that movie as opposed to being 50 years old and, and, and seeing it, mm-hmm. I caught a lot more this time oh. over the years. I caught a lot more than I did, especially oh, yeah. when I was 10. I was like, wow, that, okay, this is uh, I, yeah. I never caught that when I was a kid. Um, and of course, you know, as an adult, you go back and watch so many of these movies. And you're like, wow, that just completely flew over my head when yep. I was that age. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters. It is directed by Ivan Reichman. It was written by Dan Ack- Dan Aykroyd. It was and, uh, uh, inspired by his father. It was it was written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis is uncre- was uncredited, but he actually did some. Yeah, so, yeah. Dan Aykroyd, man, you get it. His family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they're they're a strange lot, but uh, yeah, his, his his he came from a spirit. A uh, what do they call them? Um, the spiritualist. Yeah. Family. You know where the you know they 
They would sit down regularly, have and uh, seances, seances and, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. They were kind of the, on the Warrens, not quite the Warrens level. Yeah. Kind of the yeah. same circles. And, and it very much, a lot of the stuff that was in here, you know, like the, the Tobin spirit guide and stuff like that was stuff that he actually had acknowledge of prior you know prior knowledge and that kind of stuff so they're actually actually owned yeah from what i understand the the bookstore that you see in what is it ghostbusters 2 his yeah his cult bookstore yeah like it's also in afterlife yeah um, but from what i understand quite a bit of it is actual personal yeah that doesn't surprise stuff uh but yeah so the cast we have bill murray playing dr peter vinkman of course, Dan Aykroyd is Dr. Raymond Stance. You have Harold Ramis as Dr. Egon Spangler. You have Ernie Hudson as Winston Zedmore. Those are the four Ghostbusters. Yep. Then you had Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett. And Rick Moranis as Louis Tully. As well as Annie Potts as Janine Mintz. Who was their personal wrangler. Yes. And um, personal assistant. And then we had William Atherton as Walter Peck. Yes, it is true. <laughs> it is true. It is true. This man has no dick. Um, as well as, you know, there's some other, like uh, David Margillis Mar- Mar- played the mayor. Uncred- played the- uncredited. uncredited. I know. Un- no, uncredited. Ron Jeremy. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron yeah, Jeremy yeah. is yeah. also in this. It's when they shut down the grid and the place explodes. Right. He's he's, a, he's actually credited as Man at Barricade. Right, right. Um, there, uh, I'm trying to look through here if there's any. Oh, Larry, King, Larry King has a small role in this. Casey Kasem. Uh, Casey Kasem's wife is in this also. Huh. She is, let's see, what's her name? Jean Kasem. She's the tall blonde at the party. Oh, you know that, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's Casey. That was Casey Kasem's wife. Uh, I remember her from she was on Cheers. Uh, she was Carla's ex-husband's new wife. Okay, and uh, Tortelli. I can't remember what her name was, but yeah, it's a it's a cool little movie that gave us a cool song that was completely ripped off from Huey Lewis in the yep. News. <laughs> Matter of fact, there's a huge lawsuit over that. And Huey Ray, Lewis won. Ray Parker Jr. ended up paying him a whole lot of whole money. A whole lot of money. I think he he wound up getting writing credit on the song as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And um, because it was, the, as the story goes, Huey Lewis, who was having a huge moment in 1983 With and 84. I want a new I drug. Want a new drug had come out and... Uh, had been approached to do a song for the, for the, the movie yep. and passed. I'm just like, nah, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. And then when he heard the song Ghostbusters, he's like, wow, that sounds an awful lot like I want a new drug. Yep. <laughs> and yes, yes, it does. <laughs> that guitar riff? Absolutely. I want a new drug. I know, it is. It absolutely is. And if you go on YouTube, you'll actually find mashups of Ghostbusters and I want a new drug. So there, it, it it all goes back to the whole, you know, artist borrow and genius, or was it a yeah artist borrow and genius is steal type yeah. thing, you know? And lawyers get recruitment <laughs> yes, for the ones do. that get stolen. Yes, from. they do. Um, but um, this was a phenomenon. I mean, this movie was a phenomenon yep. in 1984. Obviously, 
you had had Stripes a couple of years earlier. Which was a great movie. Yeah, which that was, you had Bill Murray and, um, Harold, Ramis. and Harold Ramis in that. And of course, Murray and um, uh, Aykroyd had come off of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So they knew each other. And then, you know, you throw in Sigourney Weaver, who was someone that was on the way, who was a big star on the rise yeah. at the time. And um, it, it was just, a, it was right place, right time, right ghost, I guess. I don't know. It was, because it, it, it was, it, it's such an oddball premise yeah. of the movie. Because, you know, the, you, you know the, the, the grandfathers of ghost hunting. Well, there was a movie. Other than the Warrens. There was a movie in the 1930s, I believe it was, that was called Ghostbusters. Now, the reason that this movie, Ghostbusters, is one word as opposed to two words is because that original movie was... Two words? Two words. Uh, and so they found a way around that, and it's also not, you know... Not, uh, I think I remember hearing a little bit yep. about this because they actually recorded multiple versions of the TV commercial you see in the movies with yeah. different titles. The there was that, there was a live action television show in the 70s called Ghostbusters that was, um, was it filmation, I think, owned or something like know. that because that's why you know. After the success of this, remember there was Ghostbusters and then the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why is because Filmation, have, having had this television show called Ghostbusters in the 70s, yeah, they basically did a cartoon version of it in the 80s to capitalize and, hey, we own this property already, so let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. So that's why when they went ahead and made a... Anim- an animated version of the of this movie is called the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, and then and there even goes back further than that because there was a cartoon. I, now there's Lonesome Ghost, you know that that yeah. that Disney, you know, um, Silly Symphony or whatever, not or um, Merry Melody. Yeah. Excuse me. I always get those mixed up. Merry Melody from Mickey Mouse. And. But there was an earlier one. It was black and white called Go- the Ghostbusters. Okay. Yeah. The, it's, you you so, knew more about I, this yeah, than Yeah, believe I me. Did. Yeah, the, 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 the whole idea of Ghostbusters has been around for 100 years or so, close to it, uh, whether through multiple medium, yeah. no pun intended, mediums, uh, you know, of, yeah, exactly. So... This the i the the name Ghostbusters was nothing new. Right, it had been it had been in the pop culture zeitgeist for close you know for at that point for sixty years or so sixty you know fifty sixty years, and they just made their own version of it. And there were lawsuits here and there and blah blah and a bunch of stuff. But it, I think the thing that has always stuck out with me about this movie is that you can tell that it's friends. Yeah, on, on camera. I mean, just the the ac- chemistry. Aykroyd and 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 uh, they pick on each other. Yeah, they've known oh, each other exactly. For years. And it's, it's and one of those. Things, yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things that yeah. There's just there are so many times in there where it's like no, no, that's not that's not Vinkman and and, and you know or you know that's not yeah 
Peter and and um, and you know, Hawking. It's like no, that's Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray talking to each other. It's yeah. not. You know? Well, that and Harold <laughs> and Harold Ramis. Yeah, yeah, it's a. It's a shame that Murray and Ramis fell out. Like yes, but it's also good that they patch things up before Ramus died. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I, I, I've said this, you know, before and I'll, I'll always say, you know, going and seeing afterlife, I had a feeling that they were going to CG Harold Ramus into it somehow. Yeah. I kind of, from the very beginning when it starts off, you know, that, that Egon is dead. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to green screen this in at some point or whatever. But it didn't, I was not expecting the warm and fuzzies like I got. The emotional yeah. resonance of when they show up at the end and well, they're the in fact, the line and the then all of a sudden... Murray looks over and it goes, says, it's about time you show up. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I figured you'd be here, buddy, or something. It's like, it was one of those things where we're just like... Yeah. And I'm not... I was not expecting to be crying in a theater right here for this movie, you know? I'm <laughs> so, not crying. You're crying. I know. It really was one of those like, wow, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, it's that whole... You can tell they're friends. Yeah, it, you know it wasn't it had nothing to do with these characters. That it was those guys. Yeah, they were all friends, and they still friends because it, it doesn't work without exactly, these guys. exactly. And that now the 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 new generation that they brought in, I it works for me. I liked them. I did. Afterlife surprised me. Yeah. It surprised me with how much I was on board with all of it, even the the non original. You know, again, I like everybody likes Paul Rudd. I mean, come on, you know, yeah. it's, and I love Carrie Coon. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I saw the two. Okay, cool. And the kids, I, the kids, the kids were fine. Awesome. I know, I liked them. I liked the the daughter, the, the kid that I was liked, played his granddaughter. I liked and, the fact that the daughter is the one that's kind of picking up the mantle and running with it, and that the son is almost the younger version of Murray. At yeah, this point. I know, I know. It's just, and and the fact that they they brought back everybody. Yeah. You even got Sigourney Weaver at the very, very end of it, you know, in the little tag. It, they had kind of said she was going to be there, but I, really when the credits started rolling, I'm like, wait a second, we didn't see yeah. Dana. And then she shows up at the very end, like yeah. the end credit scenes of the two of them. I'm like, all right, this is, it's nice that she came in for a day anyway, because let's be honest. I mean, honestly, her her big breakout role was Alien. In yeah. 79, I think it was when it yeah. came out. And she had other hits you know in, yeah. in between there but this was the role that really broke her out after that yeah. like this is the oh no no Sigourney Weaver this is you know you start going down the line of course Ellen Ripley is the first thing you come to but Dana Barrett is well, right there behind she'd it, already so. shown that she could do horror and drama right then you get to this and you see that she can do comedy mm-hmm. and be likable mm-hmm. it, it's it kind of expands your range of what you can right, do at yeah. that point and it was Watching this, whenever someone says Sigourney Weaver, I immediately go to Ellen Ripley. Yeah, and Ellen Ripley is a very serious character. I, and, and don't get me wrong, it's I unfo- liked her in other stuff as well. It's but. unfortunate to me because when somebody says Sigourney Weaver, I immediately go to that Jamoke that she was married to forever. I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Anyway, yeah, it's like, but you know, it don't get me wrong. You know, there was other stuff. You know, she was in Working Girl, and yeah. she was in. Um, Oh, what she play? Was it Diane? Um, was it Falsy? That was uh, the Gorillas in the Mist. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, and okay. uh, and of course there was a bunch. There's been a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, you know, high yeah. profile. Of course, she was in Avatar, and I mean that's later on. But uh, but you know during the 80s and and through the 90s yeah. and everything. But 
Ripley kind of is the one that most people think of when when you think of Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And watching rewatching this last night as we were recording this, it was I noticed a lot about her character and the way that Sigourney Weaver plays the character that I'd never really yeah. noticed previously of and it's a lot of the it's not the big stuff that she does it's when they're kind of doing their montage in the middle when the Ghostbusters are getting big and she's in the kitchen and she's listening to the radio and yeah. she's laughing at the radio stuff or all this and or even just these little like drop scenes of like her she doesn't want to show Venkman that she's interested in him, but it's there, obviously, yeah. you know, type stuff. And and, and it's very much, you know, I do not want to be attracted exactly, to this guy. Exactly, exactly. I, I do not want to be attracted to this guy, but there's something cringy funny about him. Right, right. And I'll tell you something else that, that really stood out to me last night is at the end of this movie. Um, and it was it's one of the things I've always kind of liked about the movie, the part of the pacing on this is how... You know, they, they save the day and then the credits start rolling, mm-hmm. but the movie's still going. Yeah. And, you know, it's them coming back down from the, the, the 20th floor, the 22nd floor or whatever, and they're walking out and there's all the people there. And there's like, and it's that first, like, it's her and it's Dana and, and Vankman come walking out and they're kind of waving to the, to the crowd and everything. And just watching her and the way that, like, you can tell that Sigourney Weaver is really having a good time kind of taking in all of this yeah. audience stuff. You know, it's, it's another one of those things. There are, like I said, there are quite a few moments in this movie where the character, where the, the actors step out of character for a few seconds at least. Yeah. There's one really famous one in here that we're going to talk about here in a second that still cracked me up last night when okay. I was watching it. Uh, but where they just kind of like steps out of character completely. And it's like, okay, that's kind of, and that was one of them for her, where it was like, no, you can tell that she's really enjoying being here on the street with this crowd and, yeah. and everything, you know. Um, do you know what I'm talking about when I talk about that, that really famous, when I'm just, Dan Aykroyd breaks character? I'm just waiting to. When they go on their first call. Yeah. When they're at the hotel and they're getting on the elevator. And there's the guy standing there smoking the cigar. And he's like, yeah. what are you guys, exterminators? And Venkman's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, somebody reported a cockroach. cockroach on yeah. 12, you know. And he goes, he goes, well, it must be some kind of cockroach. And he's like, yeah, bite your head off. If you look at Dan Aykroyd, he breaks. Like, Does it's he? a legit, like, he's trying not to laugh. Like, it, it's a, he, he's out of character, you know, whatever. And then, like, they go to get in the elevator, and he turns around, and he kind of pulls it back together, and he's, like, going up, and the guy's like, no, I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> but it's that if you watch Dan Aykroyd there, he, like, when when, when he goes, when when, Murray, when Bert Will Murray drops the line and bites your head off, he is doing everything that he can not to laugh at that. Because <laughs> <laughs> knowing Murray, he probably improv most oh, of I'm his sure, lines. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, there's a... Uh, but, yeah, th- there are several little things like that in there, where, you, especially yeah. with Bill Murray, where it's like, oh, yeah, no, no, this isn't Venkman any longer. This is Bill Murray. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is, <laughs> uh, Murray and Venkman are kind of the same They're kind person. of the same character yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, <laughs> thing I... I when I, I remember seeing the movie the first time in 84 and being like, that's kind of strange. And then later on learning about Bill Murray and being like, oh, I know why that is. Yeah. 
is at the end of the movie after the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man explodes and like they're all just like covered in marshmallow and everything. But then Vankman only has like a little bit on his head and a little bit. It's like, why is he not covered the way the rest of them? It's like, oh, you know, that was Bill Murray being like, no, I am not putting that stuff all over me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you something else. And I always liked, uh, I've always liked Rick Moranis. Yes. And again, this was kind of a big breakout role for him. You know, he had other stuff prior to this, but this was the one that we ran into him at Waffle House. Yeah, you ran into him at Waffle House. Were you not there? I wasn't there before. No, I ran into him in New Orleans, like in the late 90s. Okay. Um, Just like literally like walking down Bourbon Street. It was like, that's Rick Moranis just standing there on the street talking to somebody. You know, and like, it just kind of like being like, hey, it was like, yeah, I walked by and waved at him. He was like, hey, you know, and just like, seemed like a really nice guy. He's you know? a really <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> just down to earth. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a whole reason why he disappeared from the public eye for a while. His and, wife died, didn't she? Well, he, his wife died and yeah. he was, while she was sick, he was taking care of her, and you know, and the kids. Care of the and, kids, all kids all yeah. and evidently they had a place in Hendersonville for a while. Okay. I don't know if they're still here, but they were in the Waffle House and somebody was bothering them. We were like, hey, leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah, just leave him alone. Well, that's, just trying you know, to get dinner, and he was a nice, super nice guy. He is. He did. I think this is right, and I say I think when the Ghostbusters video game came out fifteen years ago or whatever it was, okay. I think they got him back to do some voiceover stuff for that, but that was the first role that he had done in since yeah oh god i can't remember the last I mean, big bully maybe or one of the it was, it was one of those like we are little giants or one of those movies that he did honey i that was all but that was before i'm talking about stuff well, he did in like yeah, the early true. 90s you know that's it was true. like real i can't even remember what the but i do know that they did get him to come back for an episode of the goldbergs um but the thing is is he didn't appear on screen Again, he did voiceover yeah. for something that was actually him for that, the character of Lewis Tully. Uh, but that's the only time, the yeah. only thing he's done in forever. And and has been very adamant about, no, I'm retired. I'm not, you know, that's, yeah. he wasn't in the last Ghostbusters movie. And there's apparently he's not going to be in this next one either. Yeah. Uh, unless I would love to see him come back. Just, I mean, he just like pops in for a second. Yeah. But if if something happens and he accidentally hears this, hey man, you were super nice. Oh yeah, thanks for being exactly. super nice and thanks for everything you've, exactly. you've done. We, we've enjoyed all your work. And you know, much respect for yeah, you know, take care of your family. I mean, that's uh, family first, absolutely. You know that you, you yeah. And uh, but the, the the character of Lewis Tully, yeah. <laughs> That's the reason I, I love invited, him. <laughs> that's the reason I invite my clients instead of my friends because this is just one big huge tax write-off, man. I know, <laughs> but all of the who know, wants to play Parcheesi? I know. It's like, all right, who brought the dog? You know, and then when he like runs out of the building, he's like, oh, there's a bear, and like he says something about a bear, you know, yeah. and then the whole he's like, nice dog, you nice. Oh, do I? I think I have, maybe I have a milk dog in my pocket. You know, just <laughs> and I love the very New York there at Tavern on the Green. You know, yeah. he's like trying to, and they they all like stop, and he's like, no, no. And as soon as he falls down, they're just right back into what they were doing. Yep. Again. <laughs> Going back to you. And I love the when they pick him up and they take him to the um they take him to their headquarters, the police drop him the police, off. It's like, hey, the 
the psych hospital doesn't want him. We yeah. don't want him. Somebody yeah. suggested bringing him by yeah. here. <laughs> and all of this little stuff there where he's just talking. Yeah. And, of course, he's doing all of the, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Vince Lothor? Is that his Vince name? Lothor. Vince, yeah, Vincent I'm, Lothor, whatever it is. Uh, the, I'm, the key I'm master. The key master. Yeah. And... You know the whole like, hey, hey, Mister Mister Tully, would you like some coffee? And he looks at Egon. Egon's like, yes, have some. He's like, yes, have some. And then like later, you yeah. see him like actually go and pick up the the, the coffee pot. And he's drinking the hot water straight out. Of the- <laughs> it's all this little yeah. character stuff that's just like, okay, he he gets <laughs> well, it. You know? The whole when he's still in the paddy wagon and Egon comes out there with the EKG meter and it just immediately goes. Off I know. The chart. Like, yeah, goes, bring him inside. Yeah, bring him inside. <laughs> well, it's a lot because Janine's like, oh, it's so great what you're doing for that man. He goes, I'm not sure that's a man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of the, they played with that whole Janine Egon thing in this movie. Yeah, but then in the second Ghostbusters two, there's kind of a Lewis Janine thing yeah. going on, and then of course in Afterlife, she talks about how like her and Egon were just friends. They had been yeah. friends for you know decades, and you know she was kind of keeping up with making sure that his finances were taken care of and everything. Yeah, she and, she saw herself as kind of his caretaker. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh and and I like that. I, I the character of Janine it, it is a supporting role. Yeah. But it's Annie Potts. And I mean Exactly. Annie Potts just I throw her in anything. I and mean, it's going to be awesome. It, it it really is. I've never seen again. Not everything that she's been in has been great, but she's always been great in, in everything, everything that she's, she's in. So. I've really enjoyed watching her in Young Sheldon. I, as I have his, caught bits and pieces of as, I know, as his Mima. Yeah, I know, and and that's a great role for her. Now you know, I'll, a show that I absolutely loved was Designing Women. Yeah, and she was great on there. Yes, I mean just and you know her and Dixie Carter and Gene Smart and. Um, uh, Delta Burke. And yeah. Later they brought on Jan Hooks and I forget who the other one was that replaced. Anyway, but it was just kind of one of those. Yeah, that was a great cast and she was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Annie Potts has done a lot of stuff over the years, but I always think of her either as Janine or from Designing Women. It's yeah. one of those two. And, you know, um, uh, her character in um, Pretty in Pink. Oh, uh, the Shapo. Yeah, you know, was pretty. Yeah, was pretty good also. But that was kind of that was an that was early a, on. Do what? That was early on. Yeah, it was somewhere around here though. I yeah. mean, it was within a year, one way or the other. Uh, I always get the timeline for John Hughes movies a little skewed because I always think of them being later in the eighties, but a lot of them were. See, I always think of them as like earlier. Yeah, see, that's the whole thing. Like, what uh, Breakfast Club came out? What eighty seven or something like that? Yeah, it's it's, just like it's funny because anytime somebody says John Hughes to me, I immediately think like eighty two, eighty three, eighty four. But they were in the mid. Yeah, they were in the mid to late. I don't know know why. It's just, uh, but yeah, it is. I guess it's kind of that whole like uh, I was telling you beforehand that I got a copy of um, the Flock of Seagulls, their their debut album, and. I was telling the guy at the shop where I bought it that you know if you look at if you look at the 80s as a whole musically it's very eclectic it's very eclectic there there's not one genre there's not one sound that defines right. a quote unquote 80s music but 
uh, Iran by the Flock of Seagulls very much is the sound of at least a couple of years yeah. in the early 80s. You know, so it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get that. You know, it's um, well, and that's the same top, thing with John Hughes. Top 40 pop. Right. Yes. Very that's the same so. thing with John Hughes. It's a, it's, it, it wasn't, yeah. it doesn't define the entire decade, but it's definitely defined a big part of that decade. Yeah. So, you know, you say John Hughes, everybody's like, oh yeah, you start thinking about, and there were movies prior to him, like um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. That, that came out before his stuff. Zap. Started hitting. Yeah, Zap. Yeah, different stuff like that, that all the right moves and. Yeah. Outsiders that we talked about, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that it's like, oh, yeah, this was all stuff that would go on to be. Have you seen there's a, I know we're getting completely off topic here. because We haven't even talked about the movie and the plot yeah. yet. That's But we get off topic. It's what we do. Um, there's a documentary coming on Hulu, I think it is, called Brat Pack. Okay. Where they're bringing all the Brat Pack together. Really? Yeah. Uh, to talk about forget, how much they hated being called the Brat Pack. I forget who... I want to say it's C. Thomas Howell, maybe, that's doing this, like, this producer okay. on it that's, like, trying to get all of them, you know. And it's funny because you start talking about the Brat Pack, and it, it like, if anybody it keeps could, expanding, you know, like, all right, how many people were in this thing? It, if anybody could bring them all back together and talk about it, it would yeah. be C. Thomas I think Howell. it's him. It, it's some, it's one, of, one of the actors from that. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's not Ghostbusters. <laughs> um. You know, originally, um, Ernie Ernie Hudson's character, um, Vin, um, my brain is completely shut off for whatever reason. I'm I'm glad it's you and not me this time. <laughs> I'm actually sitting here kind of reveling in it for a moment. Oh man! Come I, on, pull I it know Winston. Winston was originally supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy. Yeah, like it was written for Eddie Murphy, and I forget exactly what the story was about whether or not I think it had something to do with SNL wouldn't let him take the time off yeah. to, to make the movie or something like that. If I'm not, if if I believe I am getting that correct, and so they decided to go with Ernie Hudson instead. I think that was would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, with Eddie Murphy and you kind of needed Winston yes. to kind of be the straight guy, the non-believer, the kind of he, he yeah. becomes a believer. Winston says something when they are getting ready when they're going up against uh, Gozer. Yeah, that I never caught before. Okay, like ever until last night, and I was like, oh wow, really? When they, when Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man was climbing up the side of the building, you know, yeah. they hit him with the proton packs and he's on fire. And they're like, and he's, he's climbing up. And, he, and it's one of those things, it's, he's coming up to the top and they're, and they're talking about, hey, you know, there's a shot here. We can reverse the, the polarity here if we cross the streams and blah, blah, yeah. blah, and everything. And they're like, okay, let's go. You know, they get they get the plan together. Like, okay, let's go. And they start to go. And Winston's the last one to get up because they're huddled down behind one of the, the the pillars up there. He's the last one to go. And he goes, man, he goes, uh, this is so not worth eleven five a year. <laughs> I was like, really? That's all you're making is eleven five a year? It's like, yeah, but what's I, what's eleven five in eighty four months? Uh, times three. 30, 30, what, 36, 34000 dollars, something like that. So yeah. I mean, but. 
that's really it's like <laughs> but yeah i never caught that that was what his salary was yeah. this was 11.5 i was like dang dude that's <laughs> yeah it's, it's amazing what you catch i know i know it's as an older person and we talked about that before we got on about yeah. catching the stay puffed marshmallows well, the, early on in the, in the, the movie, very that I, early on, that I when when Dana comes back to the apartment she and has puts her the first eggs experience. down, and then the eggs start exploding, yeah. and frying right on the counter, and right next to it is the bag of stay, stay puffed marshmallows. I know, and I never caught that until last night. And if you watch the city scenes where it's just like a big sweeping shot, like when they're following, you know, the car across the bridge and all that, you'll see mm-hmm. stay puffed billboards in the yes. background yes and all of that i think at one point there was a stay puffed commercial in one of the tv i shows believe there that was they were watching well all the product play placement in this thing you know you've got budweiser you've got coke yep. you've got oscar meyer yep um you've got um with the big pack of salami in her fridge yeah well yeah you've got um i'm trying to think so because i was i was trying to like make mental notes of it last night of like all of these yeah. product placements <laughs> I'll tell you something else watching this. And, and it was one of those things that. This was this movie was PG. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it, it, a little later in the summer, it probably would have been PG 13. Yeah. Quite honestly. But even so in this day and time, you will never get a movie that is PG 13. That has all the main characters smoking as much as they do. <laughs> it's smoking at all, but as much as they do in this movie, oh, yeah. it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was kind of one of those things. It was really weird where I was like sitting there watching, it, and there was something about it. I was like, for whatever reason, the nostalgia of people smoking like that just everywhere just hit me last night. All of a sudden, I'm like, why? I hate cigarette smoke. This is, it doesn't make any sense. But everybody. But smoking. it was one of those things where it was like, no, no, no. That was 1984. Yeah. You know, and that, that's a, you know, these days when you see that, a lot of times, especially with stuff that's like uh, Mad Men, yeah. you know, or something like that, where like that is kind of a, oh, look at this. They're going to smoke all the time because yeah. it was 19, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. There was none of that here. That was just no. That's just kind of the way it was. No, there were restaurants that still had smoking and non-smoking I know, sections. I know, back. I know. It, but that was hell. We had that here until and the only thing, 07. the only th- <laughs> the only seriously thing that was separating the two was um, a plexiglass barricade of some kind of decorative. It didn't go all the way up. It only went like halfway yeah, up. Decorative yeah. plastic yeah, or something. Yeah, I know. And, and a lot of times it wasn't even that. You would go in, smoking sections right there. It's like, oh, basically this imaginary line, yeah. this right here between our tables is keeping, it means that we're in the non-smoking section. Yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest, there is no such thing as a non-smoking section anywhere there is it's smoking. Kind of, it's kind it's of going like to a, wind up everywhere. It's kind of like no peeing in the pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not going to just stay in that corner over there. Yeah. It's going to be in an entire pool before there, there's your peeing section over there in the corner <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah that was just so weird of like all the smoking well, for some reason gave me some kind of like nostalgic like when tingles they, i'm like when they went weird when they went to the hotel to get slimer yes because we later in the cartoon they, they gave him a name gave a slimer, him a name yeah. of slimer but when he first sees him and he's got that cigarette dangling that, out of his mouth got, well, I know. No, it's, it's not even dangling out of his mouth he has been smoking the cigarette and when he opens his mouth, it, it just sticks on his lip. It sticks, <laughs> no, it sticks to his lip. <laughs> no. <laughs> and anybody who's smoked ever, oh, I know, I has, know, believe me, has it has happened. Done that as a joke, mm-hmm. you know. I know since that movie. 
But yeah, they're, they're just, yeah, there was just so much smoking and, and drinking. Yeah. The whole thing, like, like when they're at the, when they've been kicked out of, uh, or when they've lost their grant, basically. Yeah, the they're university's like on you know, campus passing a bottle. Actually, they're there. not on campus. Are they not? No, I thought sure? they were. They're actually at the outside the library again. Like they're back downtown. Okay. I was watching that last night because you can see the library. That's what they're in front of. It's, okay. It's, it's the library. Uh, I know. I, I, I always thought that it was the campus as well. And yeah. Last night watch, I was like, no, no, they're back in front of the, the public library again. Um, they, the suggestion was that the library is not that far from campus. Yeah. So, you know, that because when they take off out of there, they, they run back to campus. Yeah. You know, they, don't, they don't like going hop in a cab or anything. Um, it's funny how there are certain points in this movie that they're really kind of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like when they bust out of the, the library, yeah. when they go running, I mean, they're, they're doing the whole, like even Ackroyd, when he like, he's running towards the camera and he goes to take the turn and he does that whole like one foot out kind of, you know, like yeah. Looney Tunes, what you would see in a Looney Tunes cartoon or whatever. And, um, <laughs> well, something I know for a fact I did not pick up when I was a kid. Okay. That I did pick up as time wore on. And last night I really laughed was when they go to the library and Alice, the librarian that had seen, yeah. that had seen the ghost and reported it. They're sitting there and they're asking, you know, do you have history of mental illness? Do you have the, you know, Bakeman's asking these questions. And then, and then the very last thing he goes, he goes, I have one more question. Are you Alice? menstruating right now <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah as a kid no clue whatsoever you right. know just like oh okay um i'll tell you something else there are there are a couple of times in this where the special effects are very 1984 well, uh, let's 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 start at the beginning. Hold on, well, well, but, but yeah. here, and, and let me let me get to, and we'll go into like the because we're going to get to that, okay? Well, where you're going, we're going to get to, okay? But like with the dogs, especially the uh, oh, the dogs are very very nineteen eighty four when they're not moving, they look good, they look great because it's a physical exactly practical, but it is prop. horrible blue screen yeah. when they're not. Uh, some of it is even stop motion, you can tell, yeah. and it's just really kind of not good. But Slimer? Slimer looks great. The, very, the, very much held up. The ghost in, in the, library the library looks looks great. amazing. Okay. The, 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 the female ghost that was floating over yes. Eckroyd's bed. Very, you know who that was? No. That's his wife. Oh, was it his wife? She, her name is, because she was on Bosom Buddies. Uh, she was one of the... With Hanks? Yes. Okay. Uh, and they have been married since the 80s. What is her name? What is her name? And he had kind of like put, put her in uh, Kimberly Heron. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she was on... Um, did I get that wrong? Hold on. Uh-oh. Did you look in the wrong place? Oh, you know what? I was wrong about that. My bad. So what's the correct answer? Well, her name is Kimberly Heron that plays her. Okay. So she, she was not... Uh, not Ackroyd's wife. Not Ackroyd's wife. I'm sorry. He is married to 
the act the the girl the woman that was on Bosom Buddies. Okay. I thought that was her. No, th- this this lady um, has was been in several things. She was um, she was in Playboy. Uh, she was a playmate. Uh, she died a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, she was sixty-five. But like her, if you look, she was in this. She was in *Romancing the Stone*, *Roadhouse*, *Beverly Hills Cop*. Um. Oh, she was in. Uh, she was one of the the uh, Eliminator girls in the ZZ Top videos. Oh, okay. Or like sharp dressed man and yeah. um, legs and all that. So I mean, she had like. She she did pretty well. She she stopped uh, acting in looks like in the mid nineties somewhere. Anyway, but Librarian Ghost looked great. Slimer looked great. Yes, the when they blew up the fire department that looked great. Yeah, that looked great. The, the implosion of the yeah, all that kind of stuff. The the ghost flying through Manhattan yeah. looked good. On top of it all, I mean that was now like, the ghost going in the tailpipe of the cab looked a little cheesy. Yeah, but okay, that was something to get back to the taxi driver. Yeah. Looked great. Like it's that is really the only special effect they did that way. Yeah. Where where it's it's some kind of either mannequin or it's just a really great makeup job, you know, that they yeah. that they did. Uh that's what I was gonna get to though, is all this you start going through all that stuff. When the practical effects in this stand up incredibly. Uh in the library. Yeah. When all of the card files, uh, the file cards start like uh, flying up out of the thing. All that stuff looks great. Every bit of that would have been done CGI these days and it would look terrible in five years. But 40 years later, that still looks amazing. Yeah. And that was the thing that was, there was one, well, the books floating back and forth. The books float. Yes, I know. I know. I know. And that's why from the very beginning, I'm like, man, the the practical special effects in these old movies stand up so incredibly well. Um, I'll tell you one that I I did not catch before last night, how bad of a special effect it was. Okay. When they get to Dana's apartment uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah. And there's this wide shot of the building and how, like, the apartment's been blown out, yeah. you know. And they are obviously green screened into that. Oh, that, yeah. Well, what, the thing about it is it's not just that. It's the fact that... The proportions are way off. Yeah. They are really, they're way too big to be standing in the area where they're standing. Like, it's like, yeah. wait a second. That suggests that they're all like seven and a half feet tall right there. Yeah. <laughs> when you can tell they've been green screened onto a model. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I tell you what, it's one of the things with this movie. The lines, like the, the pop and stuff. Like, I cannot tell you how many times somebody, we've been out over the you know, the last few decades and someone, something, somebody said something, somebody asked them a question and they gave the wrong answer, whatever. And then we'd be like, if someone asked, if you're a God, you say yes. I mean, that, that line has been used so many times and multiple friend groups. It's just kind of one of those things. I mean, the movie is very quotable. I know. I know. That's that's why I had to do the whole thing. We're here to believe you. I love that. Still love that commercial of how bad they did a great job. Of making, of making a, a bad, bad commercial. commercial. I just. <laughs> We're here to believe you. I know. With the pauses all I in the know. wrong places. Uh, and the soundtrack. Oh. The soundtrack's so good. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? 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 Hold on. What are you I'll doing? Right Uh-oh. He's leaving me to fill time. This is a bad idea. 
So he's just got up and gone in the other room. I, I'm betting he's going to his record collection. What are you looking at, Biscuit? What? Are you looking at ghosts in this room? Don't do that to me. You freak me out. Quit looking in the corner like that, Biscuit. You're freaking me out. Well, I can't believe you left me sitting here trying to fill time. I did want to go grab this. Oh, the record. The yeah, this is a this is a reissue. It's a Walmart exclusive. Marshmallow yeah, colored vinyl. Yeah, it's oh. all it's white. Yeah, it's white vinyl. Um, okay, but it was kind of one of those. I mean, I I'm not real. Oh, I gotta have original pressings of this, especially stuff like no, this. No, because I I'm, I'm I pick up records to listen to them. Exactly, exactly. But that was one that I was that when I you know got back into vinyl, I was like, yeah, this is one of the soundtracks that I want to have. Ghostbusters, yes. Cleaning up the town by the Bus Boys. Yep. Saving the day by Elise. I guess that's how you say it. In the name of love, Thompson Twins. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I Can Wait Forever by Air Supply. Oh, no. That's yeah. right. Air Supply. Air Supply is on this. I know. Yeah. Uh, Hot Night by Laura Brannigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic by Mick Smiley. That one. That's one of my favorite songs. I love that the in the middle. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that's after the... after the uh, the um, They cut off the, uh, the containment unit. That's what's playing as all the ghosts escape. Yeah, and then you've got... Elmer Bernstein had done the main title theme, Dana's theme. Mm-hmm. And then you have the instrumental version of Ray Parker Jr. Yep. Uh, I was really hoping to see Huey Lewis on here somewhere. Mm, no. I mean, do they put him in the uh, the writing credits or anything? No. Yeah. It says written by Ray Parker Jr. Bull crap. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, the soundtrack, of course, it's a lot of... <laughs> knowing what we know about... Dan Aykroyd's taste in music. Yeah. Actually, him and Bill Murray, and even I, I'm, I'm going to assume um, Harold Ramis as well. The music is very fitting. It's a very 1960s kind of... You talking about the main theme? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the rest of the music, like Clean Up the Town and oh, all that okay. kind of stuff. It's, it's very much that early rock and roll, you know. And that kind of goes with the whole... Um, the Blues Brothers type stuff, well, you know. Aykroyd's and, uh, a huge blues fan. Yes. Huge blues, blues and jazz. In and, fact, yeah. at one point, he hosted a, a syndicated yep. radio show mm-hmm. uh, as uh, El, um, uh, it was Elwood, uh, Elwood uh, Blues. Um, oh, what was it called? It was Elwood Blues something hour. Yeah. Here. Yeah. But it, he did a syndicated blues radio show mm-hmm. as his character, Elmore, or, uh, Elwood, Elwood yep. Blues. That I used to listen to yep. all the time. Came on Lightning 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's a huge, huge blues yep. fan. And that's kind of the, the music choices in this yeah. and the style. It very reflects a lot of that. And uh, it just, I know we're, we're not really, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters before, By then now, go see it. We're not what is go, wrong with you? We're not going to go through the... The, the, plot. The, the plot, you know, the point by point on this, because in 40 years, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, uh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. And if at this point you haven't shown it to your kids, oh, man. what you is know, wrong with you? That was one of the things last night I was sitting there watching and Xander came walking in right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, they were in the, and they were in the, um, the library and it was right before they walk up on the ghost. Yeah. Which I love the whole. 
Get her? Get her. I know. That was your whole plan. I know. I got excited. I know. Uh, but when it, you know, when that whole, when she goes from being just the lady and, yeah. you know, the apparition and everything, it's like, he was like, oh, this is cool. I was like, we're going to sit down and watch this. Not, not tonight because he came in already into it. I was like, yeah. we're going to sit down and watch this at the later date, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was, again, I was his age when I, that movie was released, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Um, what was I looking up here? I don't know. You're talking about music and you grabbed your phone. I don't remember. Your brain really is My gone. brain really... I don't know what... Ha- I, I do know what happened. I only slept a few hours last night. Um, but... I... Oh, where was it? oh, I remember what it was. I know what I was going to look up now. There we go. I finally got back on track. God, I love editing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you won't edit this. This is... Not streaming anywhere. No, I had to rent it on Vudu. Well, I own it, so it's. I'm sure I do somewhere. I just can't find it in all the. Crap but yeah, in my it's house. available to rent on Apple, YouTube, Vudu, Directv, yep. Yep. Um, Spectrum, and Amazon. Um, and then it's available to buy on all those plus. Some it's like stuff. a four dollar and change rental. On yeah, Voodoo. three three ninety nine. No, with tax and all that, it's four. Well, I'm just yeah with yeah with tax. It's like four thirty seven or something. Um, that again, I own. There's a. It's got Ghostbusters, yeah. and Ghostbusters two, you know, both on Blu-ray in the same package, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is worth happening. You know, Ghostbusters two. It's not a bad sequel, and I say that it's it, it's not a bad sequel. No, it's not a good sequel, either. It's kind of. Just a sequel. Yeah. I know what they were trying to do. The problem was that they waited six years. Yeah. And I know that schedules and I know, as usual, Bill Murray didn't want to come back and do another, yeah. you know, and and all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it, But Ghostbusters 2 is not unwatchable. It's just different. Yeah. And they acknowledge the time that his... Past. That has passed in that time, you know, between the movies, which yep. I like, rather than just yep. making a movie all that time later and then being like, oh yeah, no, this is just like six months later. No, 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 no. No, they acknowledge passed, all the time. Yeah. And um, can I just say how weird it is that Dana went from a high, high end cello player in like a major symphony to suddenly being an art historian? I know. I know. <laughs> there is that also. Yeah. It's like yeah. when did you have time to go back to school I know, to I do know. this? That, that's that's kind of a. Well, you know, it's it's movie logic, and there, there's there, you you get that in a lot of stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, and then again, you get into the real Ghostbusters cartoon, which I'll be honest, I have not seen all of. I've seen some of it. I like some of the. There is the um, Slimer is now a pet. The Slimer. The, it started off as the real Ghostbusters, and then it became Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, I think for the last season or something like that. Yeah, because they Janine, were selling a crap load right, of the toy. The toys are awesome for that. Yeah. Line. Okay. Uh, Janine became a Ghostbuster. A Ghostbuster. You know, like she actually like it suited up and everything. Yeah. And then they they introduced some villains in it. Uh, yeah. Most notably, there's one called uh, Sawin. That it's a um, it's kind of a pumpkin head yeah. type apparition. You know, apparition. Apparition. And it's it's kind of there's lore there, and it acknowledges the movies. Yeah, 
and um, both the movies, actually, which is really weird because it came out like right around... It came out closer to two than it did one. Yep. And by the time you get to that end of it, they're kind of building towards that next movie. And so there's some stuff that get, that acknowledges both of them, you yep. know, both movies, which is kind of cool. You know, because you, or especially back then, you didn't see that a lot with, yeah, no, this you, television stuff is not, is not in the, you kind of yeah. got some, some foreshadowing in yes. the cartoon yeah. for Ghostbusters. Too. Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's kind of a cool little. And what's funny is they really, really leaned into the product placement into mm-hmm. To the point to where it was a running gag in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So well, that, that's you got to love any movie that has a a remote controlled Statue of Liberty that you use a NES advantage to move around. So well, <laughs> I mean, they were almost acknowledging the joke in the oh, movie. I know, it was I almost know, like a fourth wall break. Well, you know, with with the product placement. My favorite in that movie, um, when they're when Egon and um, Spangler. Are are they're they're doing the experiments on the slime? Yeah, and they're showing how like you know it can it can they're they're showing Vink when they're like oh look you know they put it in a toaster and the toaster's like dancing around and all this kind of yeah stuff. the music and he says something about like uh, all right guys he goes uh, you know you guys probably need to cool it with this because uh, eventually. You, next thing you know, you're going to tell me one of you tried to is tried to have sex with it, and they just like going to stand there and like he looks he goes. Egon, <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's always the quiet ones. <laughs> uh, but it was just there are <laughs> there are so many of those types of oh uh, <laughs> when he goes to Dana's apartment when she's been possessed by Zool, yeah. And, you know, she opens the door. And, of course, she has a completely different look than she did before. He's like, are you the key master? And uh, he's like, no. And then she slams the door and he, like, knocks again. And she's like, are you the key master? He goes, yes, I'm a friend of his. He told me to meet him here. Yep. <laughs> <And> just like. <laughs> and then, his way into the apartment. later she's like, <laughs> she goes, she goes, uh, do you want this body? And he goes, I feel like that's a trick question. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> and then when she's trying to seduce him, she's like, I want you inside. She's like, all right, there's already two people in there. We don't need anybody else. Okay? Yep. So, <laughs> again, something I completely didn't catch when I was a kid. You know. Just, yep. <laughs> well, as it turns out, mm-hmm. there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming. Mm-hmm. The official trailer is already out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen that first trailer. I was not impressed. And the the name of the new one is Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Frozen, yeah. And basically the short description of is when a discovery of an ancient artifact unleashes an evil force, Ghostbusters new and old must join forces to protect their home and save the world from a second ice age. Okay. So evidently we're going to have Ghostbusters meets... Um, Day after tomorrow, yeah, something like that. So, but you know, one of the things that I've seen pictures of is Janine in the outfit. Well, I'm hey, I'm all for. I'm hoping I'm they all for let, it. Yeah, you know, something. Again, watching this movie, I like the way that they acknowledge that the whole city knows there's something going on. Yeah, it's not just so many times in movies like this where there's some kind of supernatural bent to it it's kind of like it's going oh oh yeah i'm good sorry it's like this thing is going on 
but no one's acknowledging it. You know, even even sometimes when it is acknowledged, yeah, it's still not up front. It's like, well, people people know that it's happening, but nobody's talking about it. Mm. This is all out there. I mean, like they go and they meet with the mayor, you know, and all this stuff, you yeah. know, which again, brilliant. He goes, well, not look. Just, he, not, when, when he's talking to the mayor, he's like, look, he's like Lenny. Yeah, he calls him by yeah. he him, he's like, you know, Bankman. He's like. What? If you you know if if we if you let us go and we go this and nothing happens then fine we'll go to jail no big deal nobody will argue we'll go whatever. quietly we'll go quietly whatever it is. but if but if we're right you and that's what he goes you Lenny will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters <laughs> <laughs> it's like that is a brilliant brilliant <laughs> like uh, that's a brilliant way to put it for a politician you now know? <laughs> you know who else is back in the new one is uh, Peck Peck he is Atherton yeah. Uh, yeah, because he wasn't in the second one. He was dream dropped in the second one. Yeah. Um, but what I was getting to is that all of this stuff, you know, in this movie with the fact that New York knows about him. You know, yeah. they're, they're there at the building, you know, they're watching, you know, down on the, on the ground, on the, the ground as everything's happening kind of stuff. Yeah. I really loved in Afterlife. Um, when the kids are like, you know, what is all this ghost stuff or whatever? And Paul Rudd's character is like, what? You didn't know about what happened in the 80s? And he's pulling up all this YouTube video. Yeah, it's, like, it's like, it was like The Walking Dead. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's completely acknowledged. This was a thing in the 80s. Like, you know, th- this was, yeah. You know, this wasn't one of those things that happened in some little town like where they are now and nobody ever heard about it. It's it's like, like, no, this happened in New York City. No. And, and, uh, and since then, there hasn't, there, there hasn't been any ghosts. There's not yeah. been any hauntings. There's been nothing. Right. Right. And it is. Sorry. I am watching a. Uh, You're watching an eBay bid? I am watching an eBay bid that I forgot that it was Uh going to be right in the middle of all of this. Uh Uh-oh. What are you you bidding on? Well, it's it's that pedal for my guitar amp that I've been looking for. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's why my alarm went off. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming up. So, Oh, uh, this is exciting. we got live bidding going on. Yeah. What are you up to? I'm hoping it doesn't go any higher than what I've bid here. What are you up to? Hold on. We're down to 10 seconds. What are you up to? Uh, to? I've got the... I've got the winning bid right now with $31 with, let's see what happens. And it's over. I didn't see anything else come in. Ah, this stupid app. Anyway. <laughs> no, you can't leave us like that. Did you win or not? I did. I won it. Oh, wow. I want my one bid. Won it. Awesome. Cool. You win? I won $31. Winner! Yep. Good. Uh, I'm sure that was really exciting for everybody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, it wasn't Ghostbusters related or something. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just the fact that you know it was this big thing that happened, yeah. and we knew about it, and and it's acknowledged later. Yeah, um, and and then like everything stuff, else, the the generation two generations away, I have no clue that it, that we, no idea, no the, idea whatsoever. Yeah. And so that is really nice that that all of this was strung together in a no this all happened everybody it was all over the news it was yeah. like, and it's even like you know in the second uh ghostbusters where you know they've all they're no longer yeah doing the ghostbuster thing because they got sued into oblivion after the fact and you know and, and they they acknowledge the whole thing about atherton peck you know yeah going after them i love how the epa was the uh the the bad, bad guy, guy in this. because they <laughs> still are <laughs> i loved that exchange between peck and vinkman 
when they're in the, yeah. in the when he first comes in, he goes, uh, "I would like to see your you know your containment unit." He goes, "But you didn't say the magic word, which is what? Please, please, may I see it?" No. <laughs> and then when he comes back later, he's like, we could have done this the easy way, but no, you wanted to embarrass me, so now we're going to do it my way. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. That, that should just be all movies. Every, I know. Every I know. time you have a movie, the federal government should be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I'm, because I'm that, that's real life. And then who was it? Was it Egon that went after Peck whenever the containment unit blew up? Yeah. That, like, like Egon? Egon's the person that went after him? You know, it's just like, wow. <laughs> it's always the quiet ones. I know. Oh, that's the whole thing when they were in there in the uh, the ballroom yeah. and the Slimer is behind the bar and he's like, yep. like just like tearing that bar up. And finally, and Bill Murray, you know, with Bink was like, whoa, oh! whoa, nice shooting text. <laughs> nice shooting text. <laughs> and knowing that's just flat out Bill Murray. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, there is so much of that stuff in there that's just like, Bingman, oh, shorten so your stream. Right. I don't want my face melted. Yeah, off. I know. <laughs> and of course, the whole like, you know, the don't cross the streams thing yeah. is always a good. Oh, I know when they're going up the when they're going up the elevator, and um, um, what's his name? Um, Ackroyd. Um, why can't I never remember his Spang- name? That's Spangler. Yeah, Spangler. Uh, yeah. Spangler. 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 He says, you know, we haven't had a proper test of this. He yeah. goes, I blame myself. Yeah, whatever. I blame, I blame you too. too. Yeah, and they turn it on, and it like, and like both Egon and Venkman like move to the other side of the elevator. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just little stuff like that. It's like these little like you could. It really didn't play anything into the Why plot. Why should we be worried? We have unlicensed nuclear accelerators <laughs> strapped to our backs. But, but it's that type of those little things like that where it's like, you could cut that scene out. It does nothing to like detriment. any detriment. But it's just perfect for it. It tells you who these characters are and the way that they It's think. character built. I know, exactly. exactly. And yeah. that's what's missing from so many, so many Char- movies. Character de- what? I character know. development? No, so, we can't have character development. I know. That's... <sighs> We won't get into it. So. <laughs> Storytelling and character development? What is that? I know. I know. I know. So, uh, guys, now that we have rambled on for an hour about <laughs> Ghostbusters without ever actually talking about the plot of the movie. What's if you the haven't seen it by now, check yourself into a hospital. There's something wrong with you. Look, it is this movie used to play on television all the time. Yeah. Especially on TNT and TBS and stuff like that. Now, I know... Yep. They cycle those movies out over time. Unfortunately, it's not available in any streaming, but there are ways to see it still legally. Yeah. As well as just buying the Blu-rays. Hey, I would suggest, you know. Here, here's a better idea. Go to your local used media store mm-hmm. and buy a copy mm-hmm. for your physical mm-hmm. media collection. And I think you can still get them off of Amazon and stuff like that as yeah, well. You can I'm buy sure. them new if you want. But, I, you know, that's... Buy it somewhere else. Don't use Amazon. You know, now that we're in 2024, Ugh. you know, Best Buy had you know announced it after the first of the after the holidays they were going to phase out all of their physical media target made the same assertion yeah and there was somebody else it wasn't walmart but it was some but you know walmart still carries some some but it's not nearly as much as it used to be and um, all the places are kind of like that it's kind of getting to the point where i was saying it the other day is like you know for those of us who still do want physical copies of stuff mm-hmm. it's going to get a lot trickier finding yep. it, finding it you know and there's a few used media places around here that I usually wind up buying mm-hmm. all of this, these movies that I want to see, or I go to eBay or something like that. Yeah, vinyl is the same way. 
vinyl is, you can go pretty much anywhere and buy vinyl these days, you know, even new vinyl, because Walmart carries quite a bit of it, actually. Uh, you can go to Guitar I've, Center. I have or, been to I mean, three or four different Walmarts. Target's still carrying it. Looking for decent, looking for vinyl titles that I mm-hmm. want, and it's all garbage. It depends it, on where you go. It's either Bad Country or Taylor Swift, and I'm just over it. Well, he does both the same thing, so... <laughs> 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 thought I'd be saying this. Go 49 Yeah. Uh, I don't care. Look, I said this before going into the the, the conference championship games. Mm-hmm. Of course, by the time this goes up, it, we'll it won't know, matter. We'll, yeah, we'll know of who, who won the game by now. But And I don't care because I'm not watching it. That was, I said that. I was like, if going into the, in the conference championship games, I basically said, if the Lions don't win, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. And the Lions wound up blowing what 14 point lead or something like that in the second you mean the, the refs blew a 14 yeah whatever point it was lead. they they wound up and i'm like i'm not watching the game because i there I mean, was no one coming out of the afc that i cared about whatsoever and in the nfc my cowboys lost first round embarrassingly and then it was one of those things like all right fine i'm all on board with the lions now and then the lions blew it in the everybody the nfc knew championship i'm like it was right. going to be the chiefs and some other team in the super bowl I know. because the, the nfl has been simping well, for the chiefs look, the last 3 or 4 years watching the the playoff games and i did well i didn't watch the afc championship because i hate both the teams that were in there okay um but watching the the first two rounds of chiefs games both of them uh, it started with Miami, and then it went into the to the Bills game, into the Buffalo game. Yeah, both of those games, I sat there and watched, and I'm like, hey, you know what? If the refs are doing their jobs here, if they're doing it correctly, the Chiefs don't get out of either one of these games. Nope. But key time stuff happened. The Chiefs get a, get a call. Yeah, and they're still alive, and they wind up winning both those. NFL games, so. has scripted. Yeah. been carrying water for Kansas City. I know for well, it's because three or four years they did the same thing for the Patriots. Yeah, and I mean it's just it is there. There are multiple, and, and I'm not a huge. I mean, like, look, I don't believe that it's really scripted. Okay, I believe that there that the the refs are giving the edict of look. It would really be good for the brand if things went this way yeah they're not told like do this 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 you know, whatever but it's like hey look because all you have to do is look at especially in the age of the superstar quarterback that we've been living in for a couple of decades now yeah you look back at tom brady or a peyton manning or a patrick mahomes or even for a while josh allen and you know and and several other you know yeah. uh Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and you know these these big names quarterbacks you know yeah. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and stuff that were given all kinds of you know you even like look at them wrong and it's a roughing the passer you, you know, breathe and, in their general yeah in, in this like, and that oh, and it was touch the all of this stuff that just like kept happening over and over and over and over again and even to the point to where like you know in 08 I know we're getting way off track here but in 08 when Tom Brady um, tore his ACL on the first drive of the first game of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. They passed a rule in the in the off season that you couldn't go in low on a quarterback for a tackle. Okay, and I watched multiple times after that 
of somebody coming in for a sack and maybe they didn't they didn't go low they got knocked down or something but mm-hmm. came in low and Brady legitimately looking at the ref and pointing at the guy like throw the flag and got the flag every time yeah. and it's like when you have when you have quarterbacks basically looking at the refs and saying hey we need a flag here and and getting it yeah that takes a lot of the integrity away from the game now the NFL hasn't had the scandal yet yet that the NBA did with the Donaghy thing, you know, with him mm-hmm. coming to find out that he was betting on the games. And you can go back and look at that O2 conference, yeah. you know, the, the uh, uh, Sacramento Kings, LA Lakers game six, that the Kings win it at home, they're, they're heading to the championship. And what was it? It was something like 40, foul, 40 fouls that were called in the fourth quarter, all against the, Against the the uh, Kings, yeah, something like that, that kept LA in the game for them to win to take it back home and win it, and then go on. To, and it's just like, and sure enough, the guy that was got caught betting on the games was in that game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just it's known across pro sports that your star athletes are going to get all the calls. I mean, seriously, Michael Jordan never fouled out of a game in the in the NBA, okay? Because nobody wanted to be the ref that 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 gave him the six. Yeah, wow, that, 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 which is why Jordan went and got Rodman. Yeah, Rodman was Rodman there. Rodman didn't care. He would take all five. He'd take all six of his. He was there to quarter, rebound. Right? Was like, he was there to rebound and, and hand out fouls. I know, I know. And that's one of the reasons I love, one of the things I love about Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I always, I always loved watching him play because he was just like, he was in a lot of ways, he was kind of like a, a, an enforcer in hockey. Yeah. Where it was, you well, don't touch this guy over here, and if you do, you got to deal with me. And that's well, I mean, just, when I <laughs> when I was playing basketball, I was there to rebound, mm-hmm. and if I didn't get at least a technical foul a game, yeah. I was not happy. So that I just, it, but like I said, it's been known that the superstars in all the leagues are going to get, yeah, you know, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt no matter what. And I have seen way too. That's many where times. the advertising dollars exactly. Are. And I have, I said, going into um, the division week was it the division. No, 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 no. It was the um, it was it was the conference. I say, you know, the the NFL's worst nightmare in these conference championship games is for Detroit and Kansas City to win this because there are two small markets, and that is their worst nightmare. To have, you know, there's you know, it's like I know Kansas City has some stroke because of the problem is is that they were looking at small markets, but mm-hmm. if Detroit had made it. To the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody know, in the nation would be pulling for Well, that for was kind of one of those things that I think everybody was pulling for the yeah. Lions. I've never been a Lions fan, but it was one of those things where, like, no, nah, I was pulling for them I'm a time. Chicago you know? Bears fan, and yeah. I was pulling for them. I was pulling for the Bills. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law, that's his team. He's from up around that area, so he's a Bills fan. So I was pulling for the Bills mm-hmm. because my team hasn't done anything since 85. It's true. Um, Chicago Bears. Um, well, they did make it to a Super Bowl since then in 07. Or 06, I should say. They haven't done anything since 85. <laughs> well, you don't believe in Rex Grossman? Come on. <laughs> they haven't done anything since 85. So I was pulling for the Bills. And then when the Bills were out, I started pulling for the Lions. Because mm-hmm. at least they were, they may be rivals, but at least they play football. Mm-hmm. You know, that good And old, also, it's just a great story of, they hadn't won, yeah. and they hadn't won a, uh, a playoff game in 30 years. And, and I've got just, friends that are, yeah. are Lions fans. Like my buddy, um, Alan Selvage. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard me talk about yeah, him before. Yeah. He's got that jug band in Michigan called the mm-hmm. Deep Fried Pickle Project. Yeah. 
I'm plugging my friend's band because they're they're hysterical. They've got kids albums and they have stuff that is strictly for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a big Lions fan. Yep. And so I was like, oh, it'd be great for him to get it. And then, no. And yeah. so, no. My buddy Brad, he lives, he's originally from Michigan. He was down here for a number of years and he's back there now. He's been there okay. a number of years again. But, um, you know, after, you know, he he's a big Michigan fan. You know, yeah. University of Michigan, of course, they won the national title. And then the Lions doing yeah. as well as they were after they won that first game in the playoffs. Uh, and, and Brad's got four kids, you know, and it's one of those things. And how I, I text him I'm like, Hey man, congratulations. I'm like, yeah, it's like, uh, Michigan teams are, are having a, are really having a, a good year. You know, he goes, man, he goes, I'm here to tell you right now. I have never witnessed anything sweeter than this, including my kids' births. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you've, you've heard the story about the Lions fan that yeah, had been a yeah. Lions fan for years. Yeah. And, when he died, he be, had written a letter to the Lions going, hey, you know, would you guys come and be pallbearers at my wedding? So you could let me down one last so time. So you could let yeah. me down one more I've heard more that about time. multiple teams, yeah. them and Cleveland. And yeah, I know. Believe me, I've heard that plenty of times. It's, a, it's true. Because the Lions, I mean, it's the Lions kind of like Cleveland. Yeah. It's one of those, hey, they're doing great. Yeah, but they're going to Lions before it's over, you know, or they're going to Browns before it's over. I mean, it's just like it, it never fails. Yeah. But And they got it together. Um and, you know, hey, it was a good run. I hate that they didn't make it to the Super Bowl just because I wanted to see somebody other than yeah. the two teams that are in there. Now, for my back. friends, uh. for, for my three or four friends that you know who you are, mm-hmm. they're Kansas City friend, fans. Sorry, I know I'm picking on your team. I know I have whatever. I, I don't I, care. Yeah. Sorry. You know, it's kind of like the thing with Patrick Mahomes is it will be the I same thing. I don't like him I personally. Know. Patrick Mahomes, it'll be the same thing with him when he finally retires that I have done, I've had, that I, that I said I would do with Tom Brady after he'd been out of the league for a while. It's one of those things that you'll look back and talk about the greatness that was. But in the meantime, but, but during the time of him actually being in the, the in the, the NFL, I was pulling against him left and right. No. Nope. Just like, no. Anytime I, somebody brings up um, Tom Brady at this yeah. point, all I'm going to talk about is Deflategate. Well, there's that. Wait, there's Deflategate. There's, um, uh, what was it? The, um, where they were. They, Stealing calls. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. They were um, filming. The, uh, the cheater Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it's they had multiple things. That, yeah. You know, they had to. And yeah, I know. It's just, and of course, you know, Belichick's not in not there any longer and good riddance yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like all dynasties come to an end eventually that's just it, some it just should happens. have come to an end sooner you know you go back and you look at you know look at the patriots you look at dallas in the early 90s yeah. you know that that all imploded on itself you, know, you can go back to the steelers in the 70s eventually it had you know it went away it just you look at the 49ers I, you I, know from the through the 80s and into the early 90s yeah. eventually that went away i, I know so, dallas is your team yeah. but may the curse of landry live forever <laughs> Well, right now it's the curse of um, McCarthy. So I mean, that's I don't know how that guy still has a job. My, so my, that's, uh, my dad was a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah, until they did what they did to Landry, and he swore he would never yeah. watch another football game. Well, you know, again, I was didn't. really happy to see Jimmy Johnson finally get into the Cowboy Ring of Honor this year. And I mean, it was well beyond time it should have happened. And you know, again, it's that whole. Jimmy Johnson, you know, or Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones, 
can't the, both go can't, away. They can't, they, they can't both coexist at the same time, you know, and egos get in the way and everything. And because I remember it was a few Jared years Jones ago. Jones is a turd. When, when Jimmy Johnson went into the, the, the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and, um, was he on Fox? I think it is. Anyways, they were, it was right after it was, it was the weekend of, of the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it, of course they have the hall of fame game. You know, I guess it's Saturday. It used to be, I think, well, now it's played on Saturday. It used to be the Sunday night after the hall of fame ceremony Duh. on Saturday, but you know, they kind of, they, I don't know. Anyway, um, Jerry Jones was on the broadcast with Jimmy Johnson and they were, you know, they were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, he's proud of Jimmy, you know, that they finally got him into the, the hall and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he announced then, that, it was hilarious to watch. He announced then, he's like, look, he's like, Jimmy's going to go into the Cowboys ring of honor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, he, and nobody knew that he was, he said that, um, you know, that he was going to, that he was going to yeah. announce this. It was, it was brand new to everybody. And Jimmy Johnson looked at me, he goes, while I'm still alive. <laughs> and it wound up being a few years before yep. he finally did it. And it was kind of one of those things every year. Everybody's like, seriously, when is he going? When are we doing this? We need to do this before something bad happens. Yep. And he's not here for it, you know? And it was nice watching that this year, you know, watching them, them, mm-hmm. Basically, in the game that they secured the the division title, him going into the to the ring and having all of those, you know, having Michael Irvin and and Troy Aitman and um, Emmett Smith and um, oh, what's his name, uh, Ken Norton Jr. and all these these greats from that era, mm-hmm. even even some guys like you know like Roger Stallback was there. There were there were guys that you know that were previous and even since then yeah. that were all there to honor him. And I was like, no, this is this is great as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, love seeing that kind of stuff, and um, you know, and it's it's kind of like I know everybody has that with their teams. You know, no one saw Nick Saban retiring. At no. the end, like it was, it came out of nowhere. It was like, what Nick, Nick Saban did what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like, no, I figured he still had at least another championship in him. And I just, I don't know. I, you know, but it's also one of those things. He's what, 74 years old or something like yeah. that. I don't blame him for wanting to, and he's probably his is, life with his boy, his wife and his grand, his, his kids and grandkids. And he's and, probably as sick of the NCAA that yeah, everybody and is. He doesn't everybody's, need the money by it. I mean, oh, he made he's getting, so much he's money. He's getting paid now. And you know, he's going, you know that he's going to get a job working for ESPN. He, he's already got it. Oh, he already has. He's okay, already got a go. package. I, that was that, that was as soon as, as soon as he announced his retirement, it's like, okay, who's going to pick him up? Yeah. I mean, that's so I, I forget to. who it is, but he's already signed the deal to be oh, good. That's uh, probably ESPN. Quite honestly. Yeah. But he's, he's going to be making, bank off oh, of I that know. analysis I know. I know and who else would you want i mean seriously what that mean whether you like alabama or not you have yeah. to admit nick saban is the greatest football coach that the college oh. football coach that's ever lived oh i and, mean that's and, and here's something that a lot of people aren't talking about university of tennessee is in the middle of suing the crap out of the ncaa well, but did you see what happened no with that? okay they filed an injunction yeah well you know they, they filed to have an injunction to where the ncaa couldn't implement these sanctions, you know, whatever, and yeah. whatever. And the judge denied the, <sighs> the injunction, them in Virginia, but cause it was them in Virginia, uh, university of Virginia yeah. uh, also entered the suit. I think you're going to see a lot more. I think we are looking at the end of the NCAA and thank God yeah. the NCAA needs to go away and they need to put something else in there that's run by the actual conferences yeah. that actually has some kind of, cause the NCAA doesn't have any power really and truly other than the fact that you know, they get the, they, 
They basically have marketing power, and that's about it. Yeah, because well, they they weren't even the the major conference organizer for years. It was it was the NIT. It, and the thing, the the funny you, thing you about went, the NCAA, if you were going to the tournament, you were going to the NIT yeah. tournament because that was the big tournament. The funny thing about the NCAA, especially when it came to football, they were always like, "Well, you know, we don't we don't name national title national champions." That yeah. was the that was the deal for a long time. It wound up it was the sports writers who did it. And there's so much BS that happened with that stuff until they finally got into the, until they finally got into the. It's about the money and the politics. Oh, absolutely! When they finally did the um, the BCS, you know, they finally got hey, we're yeah. get number one and number two play each other. That was in '98. It took them all the way to 1998 to finally put number one and number two against each other. Yeah, and then that wound up being so that they finally so successful that they've like hey let's, let's hey, a tournament would be even better eventually they finally got to where they should have been yeah now they only started with four they should have gone they should they should have started with eight to begin what, with. what are they going to they're like going 12? to 12 yeah. they're going to 12 and i'm like that's awesome as long as you don't do this bs about the major conferences automatically get a bid in because well, let's be no, honest that's exactly what they're going to do that, let's be honest there are some conferences whose champion are their simply because they needed somebody else to, to well, play in that championship How about the game. one team in the U.S. that didn't have a conference that somehow yeah, seems I know, to get exactly. picked out over the top every, Notre Dame? every year? I know. And that's the other thing is I think that, that they, they really and truly should have, when they, they, when need they to, set this whole thing in motion, was like, if you want to play in, the, in if you want to be in the, in the, in the playoff, yeah. you have to be a member of a conference. And what's so funny about Notre Dame is that they are a member of a conference in everything except for football. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you were, look, I don't care how important you think you are because you've got that Notre Dame logo on the side. Well, no, they, they think they've got it because of the history. Well, history ain't nothing. When's the last time they did anything? Right. Uh, honestly, you know, that's yeah. the, 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 the two honestly, times, the two times that they made the playoffs during this, this whole playoff thing, they got their asses handed to them. And the one time they made it to the national championship game back in 2012, Alabama cleaned their clocks on national television. Here, and that is the closest. I mean, it's here's just the thing. shown they, that they're they, not what they, they ought to take Notre Dame and take all their all their sports and force them over into the ACC mm-hmm. because that's where they measure yep. out to is ACC I know level. a lot of people would argue Big Ten. No. Who can, no, put no, they're the not. ACC. Well, that's the whole thing. They I compete in the ACC with okay, everything else. Here's, so. here's the thing. I don't like the Big Ten. No. Let's just get this off the, off on the table yeah. right now. I don't like the Big Ten. They're a top-heavy conference. That's all they Not are. Notre Dame is not top-ten level sports. Mm-hmm. They are ACC-level sports. <laughs> they're, they're basketball. They kind of have a football team. And it's all the other sports. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ACC fans that are like take exception to that, especially when you talk about basketball. So it's. <laughs> I know of at least two teams in the ACC that play basketball that I hate mm. vehemently. As I know a Kentucky you hate Duke. Fan. I know you. I North hate Carolina. Duke. Yeah. I, I respect North Carolina. I don't hate North Carolina. I respect North Carolina. I hate Duke. I know. Period. Christian Leitner. Never forget '92. <laughs> Never forget. Perfect game. <laughs> Not a perfect game. <laughs> Full out cheater's ball. Should have been out of the game completely. Mm-hmm. Flagrant foul. And he walked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, while we're while we're talking while we're like riffing on stuff that has nothing to do with our topic now that we've gone twenty minutes over. We yeah. were still we were gonna get out of here. Um I got to, finally got to see, you know, ESPN has those 30 for 30 documentaries. Mm-hmm. I finally got to see the one about this, about the tuck rule. Uh, you know, the the Brady uh, yeah. back in 01, you know, 
the um, divisional game against the Raiders. Yeah. And, you know, they, they brought him and they got Charles Woodson. You know, they played together at Michigan. Yeah. And then they were, of course, they were on opposite sides. As a matter of fact, Charles Woodson's the one that hit him, you know, knocked the ball loose. Yeah. And so they brought them together and they're sitting there. And it was really kind of fun because they're, the, the two of them that have a lot of history together, you know, they've known each other since they were in college. And they're watching the game and they're talking about it. And when they finally yeah. get to that point, it is absolutely hilarious to watch them. Because Brady is like he's saying, "No, look, the rule says, you know, and it's like going all this, like you know, no, this, this, it was an incomplete pass and blah blah blah." But he always had this like little grin on his, like, mm-hmm. "I know this is as much BS as everybody else." You <laughs> should know. He learned how to BS I know. the king of BS, the king cheater himself, but, Belichick. But it was just, it, it, it's funny to watch. You know, it, it was actually, you know, it's, and it, it's kind of neat because at the end of it, they they actually like posited the what happens if that is a yeah if that's a you know if it's a fumble if it's ruled a fumble and and you know oakland gets the ball they you know they run out the clock and then they go on to the the ac the, the afl or the afc championship game what happens and brady flat says and he's like i don't believe that i would have been the starter the next year mm-hmm. you know he's like they drew would have been would have been back and healthy and i'm sure that they probably would have that you know that they would have they would have started him instead. Well, how unfortunate that that didn't happen. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, you know, I I personally I have very strong feelings about I sports. Know. I I personally think that what ends up happening is that the way he played that season in those games, all the way up to then, gets him on the radar as you know being traded somewhere. Yeah, else he, goes somewhere he goes somewhere. He goes somewhere else, and but he's not as successful as. Yeah, is what we know now, you know, and everything. It's kind of the opposite of Drew Brees, where he played very well mm-hmm. at the Chargers, but wasn't really making a name for himself and got traded to New Orleans. Well, he, his contract ran out, right? And he became a free agent. They didn't re-sign him, and then he. Well, there's also more to that. At the time, Nick Saban was the uh, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and yeah. he wanted Drew Brees. He wanted to sign Brees, and the team would not sign off on him because of the the shoulder injury. And so he wound up in New Orleans, and then you look at how that changed because yeah. the next year Saban's back in Alabama, you know, back in the college in Alabama, and did what he did there. Yep. So I mean, that changed. Who knows what would have happened if he had Drew Brees in Miami with that running game that they had in time with Ronnie you could Brown have had a and repeat of the '72 Dolphins it, at you, that point. You could have had a really good team that probably would have made deep runs and possibly go on and win a Super Bowl. You don't know. It's all speculation. The Saints wind up not not rebounding the way that they did. Yep. And then also Alabama winds up with another mediocre, you know, coach and they kind of bounce all over probably between four or five coaches over the the ensuing 17 years kind of and don't way, do anything. Kind of the way Tennessee's done. Yeah, you know, and it's it basically just continuing what they had done since 92, you know? I mean, yeah. it's just or actually since 98 when um um, what's his name? Uh, retired. Um, which which team? Alabama. Um, Gene Stallings. Yeah. When Gene Stallings retired, after he retired, man, they bounced. They had they had four coaches between Stallings and and Saban. Yeah. And not that long of a time. And so yeah. Anyway, I know that's all a lot of speculative. I guess since we're right here as we're recording this, we're. Super Bowl Super tomorrow. tomorrow, yeah, and uh, and no one cares. It's one of those games. I was like, dude, is there any way both of them can lose? Can can we just like can they both lose and I know, can just <laughs> Kelsey break up with Taylor Swift? 
I guess you saw where there was it in Vegas there like you can actually like get odds on whether or not if if the if the Chiefs yeah, win if he if he proposes to Taylor Swift yeah, <laughs> yeah he gets a ring she gets a ring uh, so it's I all an op it's all it an is. op you know I am you know part of the part of the reason as much as I really don't like the Niners. I really would like to see them win is just yeah. so that it doesn't have that ending of, you know, with her. And like, it's one of those things where yeah. it's like, Hey, good. Maybe she goes away. We don't hear about her anymore for a while, you know, just like, although I guess she heard that she's dropping her new album here in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. God. So I don't know how that's possible. It's not like she's broken up with anybody. Oh, I know. Like, I know. Well, it's the pre, it's the pre breakup album. Oh, is, is that what it is? is? Yeah, the pre breakup yeah, yeah, album? Yeah, pre breakup album. So it's, <laughs> So anyways, now that we've extended this episode by almost half an hour of us just talking about <laughs> football sports in, in general. Sorry, and, guys. Uh, yeah, you know, it's if you stuck around, if you've been with us for any length of time, you know that we cannot stay on a topic. So it's <laughs> we, we are we are liable to go anywhere whatsoever. And our podcast is kind of like back again, kind of like Forrest Gump and life and his box of chocolates. Exactly. Never know what you're going to get. And it's also full of nuts, man. One of my favorite, I, I I can't remember which one it was. It was um, it wasn't Doonesbury. I think it might have been for better or for worse, like okay. one of those. Yeah, you know, and it was after. We're talking about yeah, newspaper, newspaper cartoon. Comics. You know, con- yeah, you know, the uh, funny papers. The fun, yeah, the little little cartoon. Miss, newspaper that's comics. the only thing I miss about newspapers is the Sunday comics. Um, I remember back in the '90s somewhere yeah. after Forrest Gump and. It's him and him and his wife were sitting there, and and he's got a box of chocolates, you know, and yeah. he says and he does the whole. It's life's like a box of chocolates; you never know what you're going to get. And then the next frame is just both of them just sitting there, and his wife goes, "You get chocolate." It's just. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've always uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. No, I've always taken the phrase and changed it. You know, it's like life's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you get. My my version of it is life is like a box of chocolates. It's full of nuts. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I that's how I see it. Well, you know, it's it's kind of like what they say about women. Can't live with them. So, anyways, thank you guys for being here with the Project Gen X podcast. Uh, you can go to our show notes and you can see all what? of our social media. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, views, the, the views expressed by Alan Smith are those of him and him alone. Thank you. So yeah, you go check out all our social media. There is a uh, an email address there if you just have to get in touch with us. The email or, address is also for Alan, yeah. and that's where you and can register your complaints. Also, uh, go and check out our Discord. Uh, we you can also register over complaints there. for Alan there. And uh, and we will be back with another movie from 1984. Um. Here in uh, I guess probably about a week or so. I don't know if this is, if we're going to do the, the every week still. I, like I said, we're back. I, we're kind of back to a semi regular schedule. I know we've done weekly so far, but it may or may not depending. We're so. doing the best we can. We this. are. We are. We're trying to and and really having a good time with this as well. Real life sucks. Yeah, uh, sometimes. So guys, thank you so much. I'm Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And we are going to see you next time. See you. I ain't afraid of no ghosts.
Don't call. 